Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole, and you are listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. And um, man, you guys are catching me um, in a really tender, tender moment. Um, not so much moment, but just a tender time. I, I called this podcast, um, my inner child is getting older. She's growing up. <laughs> Because I've been working with my inner child um, for years, 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 years. And she's always been five. five. She's five. Sometimes she's seven. Um, four is the youngest. Um, I did actually have an experience where I channeled my birth. <laughs> and so that was one time where it was like I was a baby. But what I want to actually talk about, and I just almost want to give space for this part of me. And my intention with this podcast is for you guys to understand that um, inner child work isn't really just when you're a young child. It's honestly every age. Like think of it like this. Any age that you've been, you have collected that age inside of you. So there is a one-month-old that lives inside of you. There is a one-year-old that lives inside of you. There's a 10-year-old. There's a 30-year-old. You know, if you're 50, there's a 40-year-old, there's a 47-year-old, right? We all have these ages that live inside of us, and it's very interesting. I'm just going to share my experience, again, to open up the awareness within yourself of these different parts. So when I've done inner child work before, the first time I ever did it was when I was... um, pregnant with my oldest. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was so excited and all the things, but then I freaked out. And if you listen to my podcast or you follow me online, I've talked about this before. Um, but one of my wounds from childhood is just having been spanked a lot. Um, and I know some people were spanked as kids and they're like, Oh, you know, no big deal. It, it really affected me. Um, and so I was terrified that I was going to do that to my children. And I just, didn't want to. In fact, I remember when I was in my 20s, I would say like, yeah, I'm going to hit my kids, you know, because I was hit and I turned out okay, right? That's that's what we often hear from people. Um, but it just even if I wanted to continue to think that, my nervous system, the fact that I would just have these nightmares and I was just petrified that I would hit my children because I was starting to come to terms with how much it actually hurt me. Um, not just physically, um, but I mean, emotionally and spiritually and just all the things. And I realize now that I am here to be the change maker in my line of, of lineage. Um, I'm the one in my family that, that decided to say, no, I'm not like very consciously decided to say, no, I'm not going to parent this way. So anyways, I've done work with my inner child and she's like four or five And then a couple of times she's been like six or seven. And now it's been, you know, my daughter's eight. So it's been eight years of really loving and tending on that version of me. And what's interesting is, you know, it's, it, this is the thing about healing work, you guys, and inner child work and things like that is I say this all the time to my clients, but like there is no there. There's no there that you're going to get to and you forget about it. It doesn't hurt anymore. What actually happens, and speaking through my own perspective, is you definitely heal. You know, like I'm no longer, I do, I am not angry with my mom. Um, 
I no longer, you know, I, I do not, she's apologized to me. We've, her and I have, have had many conversations about this. Um, she's really taken ownership and that obviously helps, but I've come back to it a few times over the last few years, um, at different angles. And so a lot of times my clients will say like, oh, I feel like I just keep going around in circles and circles when really the visual that you want to have in your head is that you're actually spiraling up. You're actually ascending new levels. And so when that happens, a new layer, a new piece, a, a new, um, you know, uh, part of, part of it, a new aspect of what you went through is going to reveal itself. So I know in the beginning I was just so angry and, and like upset and sad for that part of me. And, you know, I'd say in the last six or so months, that five-year-old part of me, it was almost just kind of like she felt abandoned and I had never really under, like I had never discovered that layer of abandonment. I always just thought it was kind of like this victim. So that kind of presented itself recently. And I, again, did the work and, and all of that. But what I really want to talk about today is how my inner child is evolving and growing into the 16-year-old me. Now, we all have moments in our childhood where things happen, right? Some of you, it might be 12 or 13 or, you know, at that age, like different things happening. Maybe you're a friend group changed. Maybe you had parents that divorced. Um, for me, when I was 16 years old, I grew up in a beautiful, beautiful um, seacoast town in Massachusetts. It's called Dartmouth. And I grew up there. I loved it there. I had friends. I was in sports. I was a cheerleader. I was in youth government. Like I, you know, I had, I wasn't like the most popular person, but I was popular and just really felt great, you know, had like a good core group of friends and was involved and was thriving truly. And then when I was 16 years old, my dad announced that we were moving to Arizona, <laughs> Scottsdale, Arizona. And honestly, guys, I'm 40 years old and it really wasn't until this year that I started to kind of recognize how traumatic that was. So really up until like the last year, I would think about that 16-year-old and I would feel really proud of her because that was hard right? Moving from Massachusetts to Scottsdale, Arizona. I mean, you know, obviously I'm leaving my friends. I'm leaving my, my, the house I grew up in, but I mean, talk about culture shock, right? Like, I don't know if anybody here watched old school 90210 episodes, but I really felt like Brandon and Brenda at West Beverly high, just kind of like, you know, from Minnesota thrown into this different world. Um, the high school that I went to in Massachusetts had 30 or not 30, 300 kids. My high school in Arizona had 3000. So it was a big shock. And again, the last 20 years of my life, 20, gosh, I, I can't do math. What's 40 minus 16, 24. That feels right. So the last say 23 years of my life, I really just kind of think of that 16-year-old and I'm like, yeah, you know, like good for her, you know, like that was hard, but she really prevailed and she, she, um, she you know, she just, she got through it. Um, and then I went to college, I went to Arizona State University, which was super, super fun. And that felt like such a relief because everyone was in the same boat. Everyone was new. And I realized also 
over the last 23 years that me being someone that moved at that age and had that experience, it really kind of made me be someone who isn't afraid to do things alone, isn't afraid to sit alone, isn't afraid to be, you know, the only person at something. Like it gave me that skill and that quality as a human, which honestly, I I really love that about myself. Um, I love that I can travel alone. I know so many women that are like, oh my God, I could never travel alone. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so I like travel alone. I'll go to, you know, seminars or trainings or whatever alone. Um, I think that's a skill that it taught me. And so for 23 years, I've kind of just been like, yeah, you know, that 16 year old, she did what she had to do and, and no worries. I never really paid attention or I never acknowledged or felt or realized that she was hurting until very recently. (laughs) Um, yeah, like even if I can, like it's, it's to the point now I'd say the, the lid was kind of, you know, I don't know what the phrase is, but the the lid was taken off. I'd say maybe like within the last few weeks about the pain that that 16-year-old actually went through. And I started a womb wisdom um, six-week container with a coach that um, I'm probably going to have on the podcast at some point. I know she, we talked about being a guest, but I had my first meeting with her yesterday yeah, or the day before, I can't remember. And um, it was beautiful. And she led me into a really simple but beautiful and potent meditation. And it was crazy. You know, when I can't even remember what the question was. I think she was, I was like, she she guided me into my womb. Um, she had me ask my womb a question almost like, what, what do I need to know? Or what do I need to let go of? Or something to that effect. And it was like this actually what came up was the way I lost my virginity. (laughs) We're going there, folks. We are going there. So, um, yeah. And I lost my virginity. I'm not going to tell you guys the whole story, but I lost my virginity when I was 16 after I had moved to Arizona. Um, the long of short of it was, you know, I was new at, at the school. I didn't know anybody. And, you know, that's really hard. 16 years old is when your friends and the, like what the group that you're a part of is like everything, right? You know, like babies explore and learn by like putting things in their mouth. And, um, you know, when, when a kid's seven or eight, they learn, you know, by learning, by reading and all of this, when you're 16, 17, 18, when you're really like 13, 14, 15, 16, those ages, your friends literally define your life. And so I obviously had no friends. I was brand new. And the girls that I ended up becoming friends with, they were the girls that were having sex, um, amongst other things. And I realize now that I rushed very quickly. Um, I met, I met a, a I met this kid and just a few days later I lost my virginity. Um, And again, all these years, I've never thought back and been like, oh, that's so sad. I just was like, whatever, you know, it, it happened. Um, it's not like I was forced into it or anything. It was, it was, you know, I was, um, a willing partner in the whole thing and, and all of that, but it is sad. (laughs) The part that's sad is 
that I did it because I felt like I had to do it to fit in. That's the part that makes me the most sad. And I've never acknowledged that or thought about that until literally the last couple of weeks. And yesterday when I was in the womb wisdom container and I was in the energy of that and I asked my womb, like, what is it that wants to be healed and looked at? And it was like that, you know, that memory of how that happened. And it's like, first of all, so amazing how my womb space just knew exactly what to, um, to bring up for me. And then my coach um, asked me to write a letter to that 16-year-old. And our appointment was in the morning, like 6.30 in the morning. So I knew that this was an assignment, you know, by eight o'clock that morning. And like I went, I did all my normal things. I went on my walk. I, I hiked. I, you know, did all the things. And it was just like this letter was like on the edge of my skin. It just wanted to get, it wanted to be written. It, I wanted to like do it, but I just kind of kept doing everything else. I had appointments. I had clients. Um, I was, you know, I had work. I, I, I was taking care of my things. And then just like the, you know, the universe is so perfect and the universe, um, gave me like a 45 minute window yesterday where I was alone. So I'm like a mother of two little girls and I have a husband that works from home. You know, we're still in pandemic times really. So I, you know, I work from home. So I'm like never alone ever. (laughs) But the fact that the universe gave me that space and it was right after I got done with like the last thing that I was doing for work and it was just so divine. And so I lit a candle I closed my eyes and I took a deep breath and I just connected in with that 16-year-old. And you guys, my heart cracked open and I cried the ugliest cry. And I don't say ugliest like in a bad way. It's just, you know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't just, tears weren't just rolling down my face. It was, I was in the fetal position, just feeling too the deepest part of myself, the pain that that 16-year-old felt at that time, but didn't actually tell anyone, you know, she didn't, she didn't tell her parents because, you know, they moved and what is she supposed to do? You know, I remember that 16-year-old and it's like on one hand, I'm I'm still very much so proud of her. Like I remember moments of going to that school, that new school, and just being alone and walking around alone and remembering what it was like to go to school and have friends. And just, it was like this, the first time that reality was so... Uh, black and white for me. It was like such a juxtaposition. It was like, I just remember that. Like I can literally see myself in the courtyard. You know, it was a school in Arizona. It's hot as balls there. So it's like there's school, it's like all outside. Like there's obviously classrooms, but you would open the door and you were out in this courtyard. And I just remember walking around this courtyard just like thinking to myself, like, nobody here knows me. Nobody knows how fun I am. Nobody knows how awesome I am. And just hoping and wishing for a friend. And the girls that, you know, became my friends, like 
you know, no, no, nothing against them at all. Like they were so open and kind and welcoming, but the truth is I was not friends with these types of people in it when I lived in Massachusetts, you know, like when I lived in Massachusetts, like all of my friends, we were like virgins, you know, we were 15, 16 years old. Like we didn't do any of that stuff. Um, we didn't do drugs. We smoked weed, but like nothing else. And when I moved to Arizona, it was like, you know, it's, it's different. It's like a city there. It's almost, it's almost like a little LA or a little Vegas. So there was all kinds of drugs, crystal meth, um, cocaine, ecstasy, acid, shrooms. I mean, these were all things that were in the high school that I went to. And I just realized that, man, that 16 year old, she was hurting and she didn't tell anybody. So she's coming up right now a lot for me. And it's really hard. It is. It's like, I don't want to sit here and be sad all day, but I also don't want to ignore her because she's asking for help. She's asking for help. So I wrote a letter and I just, it was, it was so good and so therapeutic, but it was also a little confusing because <laughs> I went back and forth between, I'm so proud of you. Like you really, I I really did when I was that age. And I, I remember like, I was always just like, I was very optimistic. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to put my best foot forward and I'm just going to, you know, try to make friends. And I guess back then I had, you know, a level of confidence that I'm proud of. Right. But then there's another part of me that feels so sad for that 16 year old. So sad for the version, um, that was so sad and so lonely and felt like she had to do things in order to fit in. Whew. Yeah. That's, that's been, um, it's just what's, it's just what's alive for me right now. And as I speak these words to you and, you know, I'm curious what's going through your mind right now? How are you feeling? <laughs> Does this bring anything up for you? Is there a is there a part of your inner child? Is there an age that you just keep thinking about and you're starting to think and look and feel in a different way than you have before? Because if you are, that's really an entryway. That's like a that's your inner child asking you to pay attention to her. Um I asked somebody recently, um, like that mentioned, you know, that they have done uh, inner child work. And I asked them how, um, how's that going? And they literally replied, <laughs> it's kind of funny. They literally replied. I honestly don't spend a lot of time on that. I'm in the moment and moving forward. If I have a hard time, I deal with it and talk to myself and get back up and move forward. I realize a lot of pain is only my ego. It's my choice to let go of it and move forward. And I'm curious, how many of you guys agree with that? You know, how many of you guys do you think is, um, it's healthy to ignore the parts of you that are in pain and just sort of, you know, po positive, positive your way through it. Um, and listen, this person could be right. You know, that, that could be the healthiest thing for them to do. But I know that if there's a pattern in my life, if there's, which, which I'm going to actually tie this up in a moment because there is a pattern happening in my life. And this is why 
I think the inner 16 year old is coming out. But if there's a pattern in your life or there's something that you're just, you can't put your finger on, you don't know why this thing is happening. You don't know, you know, you're, you're, you have a money block, you have a love block, you have a health block, something to that effect. You know, if you're someone like this person that I just read their response to my question, this person works a lot, like a lot, a lot of work, a lot of hours. Um, and that's great, right? And, or I wonder if, you know, I wonder if going in and, and instead of just, you know, bypassing those hurt parts, instead of in just sitting with it, sitting in the, in the pain, right? Knowing that you're not going to stay there forever, but that by sitting with it, you're allowing it to be seen and heard. Um, I wonder how much of that would actually unlock more flow and abundance so that they maybe wouldn't have to work so many hours and just all things that I'm considering and I'm really asking you to consider. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I don't think that everybody has to sit and write letters and cry and all of that. I really don't. I, For me, I, there's no way that I'm going to just bypass these feelings. Um, I personally know that this is all connected for me. So let me kind of bring this home for you and just share this pattern. Um, and then really the inquiry here is for you to ask yourself, what patterns are you having in your life? And just, oh, that's my dog. <laughs> what patterns do you have in your life? And how are you, you know, once you're aware of the pattern, almost like shining a spotlight on it in your mind, notice what comes up right? We don't have to try to draw lines like, oh, well, you know, this pattern is because something that happened to me when I was eight years old. No. Instead, just shine a light on the awareness, on the pattern, and then just allow yourself to observe what comes up. Because I promise you, I never would have connected the things I'm going to share with you to my inner 16-year-old. I just wouldn't. But okay. So really quick, I, you guys know I love astrology. And if you're into astrology, there is a piece of your natal chart called the North Node. Um, you also have a South Node. And your North and South Node are literally on opposite sides of your chart. So if your North Node is in one sign, your South Node is in the exact opposite sign. So if you were to look at a natal chart, it's a big circle. Um so I know like Gemini like is opposite Sagittarius. So if you have a North node in Gemini, that means your South node is in Sagittarius. So my North node is in Leo and my South node is in Aquarius. So my South, your South node is where you came from in terms of your last life or your last, um, your, your spirit's last, you know, journey here on earth. It's kind of like, what, what did they do? What's really comfortable for them? Where are you coming from? And Aquarius, interesting, I don't really have much Aquarius in my chart, but Aquarius to me are like independents, like they're really free thinkers, they're really into the woo and spiritual. So like, yeah, totally have that down. That's definitely how I am. Now, my North Node is in Leo. And if you're, again, not into astrology, or if you are, Leo is the, like, is the lion, right? So like J-Lo is a Leo. Beyonce is a Leo. Leos like to stand out. They are the leaders. Um, they're very much like, here I am. Look at me. I like the spotlight. So what's interesting, and I was reading about North Node, Le North Node Leos, and they say that if you have your North Node in Leo, more than likely something happened in your childhood that sort of 
took a piece of your childhood away and that sort of encourages you to play small and that as you get older, the North Node Leo qualities want to come out. Here's the other really cool thing about your North Node is they say that around 30, 40, 50 is when you want to start to embody the qualities of your North Node and that's when life starts to really open up for you. That's when things start to get really kind of flowy and in the moment and abundant and all of that. So I'm 40 and I'm learning about this North Node Leo stuff and I'm like, okay, like, you know, there's a part of me as a kid that was very like in the spotlight and growing up, I was called like annoying by everyone from my sister to like my best friends. They would just be like, you're so annoying. You're so loud. And that was really, you know, you hear that enough. You just start to, it starts to become a program. It it becomes part of that talk track in the back of your mind. So I just always thought I was annoying and loud and stuff. And and so when I moved, right, when I when I was 16 and I moved, there was a part of me that's like, oh, okay, I have a new shot. Like people don't know who I am. They don't need to think I'm annoying and loud. So I'm just going to be quiet and I'm just going to play small and I'm just going to keep to myself. And, you know, between the ages of 16 and like now, I've gone through moments of really being small and and shrinking and I've also had moments of being in the spotlight. Um, and what I've learned is that I I actually, I don't think it's this is something I was born with, but it's something that was conditioned into me, but it does make me uncomfortable to be in the spotlight. Um, I notice when I am, like literally I'll grab my hands, I'll kind of fidget with them. My shoulders might shrink a little bit. So it's it's intentional for me to be in the spotlight, stand in the spotlight, um, like I remember when I earned Alexis with my first network marketing company and we had a party, you know, it was like, I just wanted everyone to, to talk, you know, to, to have the mic with me. I wanted everyone to know that they, this was like all of our accomplishment. Like I, it was very like, I don't want to like, don't look at me. You know, it was very much like that kind of a vibe. Um, and what I'm learning now is that I need to. I need to stand out more. You know, I I need it not need to, but I get to stand out more and really take the spotlight. Um and I'm I'm working with different coaches on what that looks like and and things like that, but what I realized is that when I was 16 the the only way for me to survive was to fit in. The only way for me to survive was to fit in. And so who I fit in with was the girls who were doing drugs and having sex. And so that's what I started to do. And and it's all coming full circle, right? It's like, this is the reason why I think my inner 16-year-old is like, hey, I'm sad. I'm really needing some healing. Simultaneously, as me, the 40-year-old, is is working on and stepping into those Leo qualities, like standing out and being in the spotlight and taking up a lot of space. So thank you for listening. Thank you for holding space for me today as I shared. Um, something that, you know, is real for me right now. And um, this deep transformation and the, honestly, the change that's happening at a cellular, cellular level for me I know is is necessary and I know that it's a part of what I can bring to this community and my clients. Um, 
and something is really coming online for me within me that is new and potent and powerful and magic. And for those women that are in my world, for the women that are coming into my world, you will be feeling the effects of this. So guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, take a picture, post it on your social. Would love to hear your biggest takeaway. Tag me, of course. And the doors are closing for Emotional Alchemy. This is a program that is going to teach you the tools that I basically do myself, how to take those yucky human feelings that we all tend to have and how to alchemize them, how to turn them into the very fuel. Um, This is really for women that want to uncover what's been blocking your vision board life, teaching you the tools, the actual how, the tangibles to start to implement so that your reality can change because it's all based on what we think. It's always based on what we think. So if we can change the way we think, if we can use our body as the tool to alchemize those emotions so that we're not walking around with tightness in our chest and our throat and feeling like we're on the edge of crying or screaming, right? When we can do that, our reality begins to shift and change. Results, abundance, health, love, they start to flow into our life more easily and more effortlessly because that's really genuinely how it's supposed to be. So click the link here in the show notes if you'd like to join us. Follow me over at Instagram at when hustle meets flow. And I will see you guys next week.